0: It is so important for us to realize that God is with us. God is with us. Thank thank the Lord for the word that Sister Berg taught here today. Uh, Such a powerful word. If you have not heard that, I want to mention one more thing. If you're not able to be here at church at any point, you're sick or whatever, on landmarkworshipcenter.com is a podcast, and that is on Spotify or Anchor. And you can pull those up and I think with Spotify you have to have an account but Acre I think you could pull it up without an account there but you could listen to every message that is preached or taught here at Landmark and um, we want to encourage you to do that uh, it is important to uh, hear the word uh, if, we, if we're not able to be here because I believe it's for the whole church can I hear an amen amen the spirit of the Lord is not gone from this place. These are things that we have to take care of for the Lord. His spirit is still here. Do you feel his touch? I'd like for us to stand. Let's go into the word today. The book of Psalms chapter 61, 1 through 4. There, um, I do know that um, Sister Burke has a lot more heavy load of uh, responsibility with the ladies' ministry of the District of Illinois. She's doing a great job, and they're trying to. I, I'm getting tired of hearing the word navigate, but that's the only word I can think of. Navigating through this, trying to figure out, you know, different things with the ladies' ministry. Last year, they had over 1,300 uh, ladies at the ladies conference and uh, they're trying to see if they could set that up this year too but we're please pray about that because that is very important is weighing on her to make that decision of what to do so we just need to rebuke the coronavirus i think we have but let's keep doing it keep doing it rebuke it in jesus name and like atticus prayed Yes, Wednesday night. Uh, he said, uh, Lord, squash it like a bug. That's about the best way to put it right there. Just squash it like a bug. Psalms 61, 1 through 4 reads, Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed... Do you feel that your heart is overwhelmed today? Matter of fact, the Bible says men's hearts will fail them for fear. A lot of fear going on right now, and a lot of people are feeling overwhelmed. Verse 2 again, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for thou hast been a shelter for me, and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. Everybody say forever. Forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. Selah, shelter. I want to preach to you today on this subject, sheltered, sheltered. You may be seated. Sheltered. I know that... uh, That if we didn't have shelters, if we didn't have houses with roofs over our head, if we didn't have a church building with a roof that um, protects us, we've, we've been in this building at times when storms were, I remember before we bought the building, the Baptist Church had owned it at that time, but we were renting it at the time, and they were having church service in the morning, we were having an afternoon service. And I remember before we bought it, uh, I still think it was the hand of God that did this. We, we're, something about landmark and storms just kind of go together. Uh, it, the, a storm destroyed our old building uh, with over 100 mile an hour winds of a building built in 1865. Took the roof off and laid it out into the street and tore the building up, couldn't be rebuilt. Uh, we had young people in the building at the time that it happened. And they were teaching Bible studies, and nobody was hurt, nobody was hurt, and um, they were able to get out of the building okay, which, thank the Lord for that. But um, it, was, it was a storm that hit, and because of that, we were able to purchase this building and all of the buildings around about, and it's paid for, thank God for that. That's a wonderful miracle right there. I can't imagine what it would be like if we had to pay payment on this place. Um, it's, it's, it's a miracle from the Lord, and, and then I, I know we've been in this building before we purchased it, and all of a sudden, uh, everything got dark outside, and the wind was blowing, and I don't know if you remember this, some of you might, but there was things hitting the windows, and the wind was blowing real hard, and and the lights started flashing on and off, and then the lights just went out. The air conditioner went out. Well, in that storm, it destroyed the air conditioning system, so the Baptist church had to buy a new air conditioning unit uh, and furnace system for the sanctuary before we bought it. Praise God for that. That was, you know, they, they were a blessing to us, and thank the Lord. And they, they were very, very big help, the Baptist church was a tremendous help to us, of which we will always be grateful and thankful, but um, thank the Lord for shelters. Thank the Lord for covering. Thank the Lord for protection. I know that there's times that I've been out in the rain and didn't have a shelter to go to, and I just simply just got wet. There's been times of wind blowing. I remember one time, a lot of times I refer back to Brother Raymond, I refer back to deer stands. you, I know, have probably sat on a deer stand when it, you didn't have shelter over your head. I don't know. You might have had a enclosed, heated, air-conditioned deer stand that you could sit in in the cold and, and in the heat of the summer, or whatever. and whatever. And you might have a you might have a bed in there, cot. You might have a sink, all the good things. I don't know. You might you might have all the comforts of home, and but I don't. Mine's open. I have nothing over me. I bought an umbrella that mounts to the tree, and I've never used it yet. So I don't know. I've just got to figure out how to use it first. But I've been sitting in the tree, and I've been uh, rained on and trying to protect my my gun and cover it up and had a trash bag covering it up and didn't want it to rust and pointed the barrel down. I didn't want water get down in the barrel and down into the gun and all of this. And I was just sitting there, and the wind was blowing, and my tree was going back and forth. And here Titus was sitting over by a tree on a five-gallon bucket. And he wasn't being rock back and forth. He was getting a little bit of rain on him. But I got to thinking, you know, <laughs> I'm just sitting here rocking back and forth, getting dizzy, and, and I'm getting wet. And I uh, don't necessarily think that shooting a deer today is going to be profitable. So uh, I was thinking, let's go find some shelter. So go find some shelter. So I got down my climber, got down to the ground, and I... And I was trying to walk quietly, and the leaves were all wet. So I was walking across, walking toward Titus with my head down like this, which is a big mistake. And then all of a sudden I heard something, and I look up, and Titus was going like this. And I'm thinking, what is he doing? I, 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 what is, and I looked around me, and there was deer running all around me. <laughs> there was deer running from me, ran behind me, and, and they were running all over the place. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm just trying to find shelter. And here I thought I would not even see a deer that day. But without shelters, we're just open to the elements. Without shelter, we're open to whatever comes our way, from storms, uh, rain, wind, hail, I mean, whatever it is. Uh, you know, we've all been stor- in storms, and we've got testimonies of storms, but th- I thank the Lord for shelters. There was a, uh, a, a tornado came through and a testimony of a storm survivor uh, named Chris Tuving from Dallas, Texas. In 2019, he gave this testimony that the last year several tornadoes swept through the area the, uh, on the night of 10-20-2019 He said, I unfortunately got sucked into one of them. The most severe tornado uh, in this case was an EF3. That was on the ground for 30 minutes and it went for 15 miles, tearing up everything. He said, When I when I say involved, I was literally standing in the tornado. He said it seemed like an eternity. I had gone to the local Little Caesar Pizza Palace at the halftime of the Dallas Cowboys Philadelphia Eagles game to get a pizza for the game and when I got to the Little Caesars they had run out of pizzas so I had to wait while I was waiting the tornado hit the shopping center and sucked me out of the building I was literally standing inside the tornado I found a support column to hold on to at first and then it, spun, then it spun me off the column and onto a truck hood that was parked in front of the Little Caesars. I tried holding on to the hood of the truck but there was nothing to hold on to. I ended up on the ground holding on to the rim of the left front tire until it stopped. It was dead still, and all the lights were off because power had been knocked out. People were screaming, and car alarms were going off all around the place, and it was like a war zone, he said. The tornado was an EF3 with sustained winds of 140 miles per hour, and it was 1,300 yards wide at its base. Massive tornado. He said, 1,300 yards, that is thir- 13 football fields wide. Words cannot describe what I felt like. Beyond horrifying, I am lucky to be alive for sure. I don't think you will meet many people in your life who have survived something like this. Someone was definitely watching out for me. Someone was definitely watching out for me. My back, and my head, and lower legs were hit the hardest. He said, I have debris, rocks, mud, and glass that are still in there to this day. Most of it is out, but not all. He still has the pieces of, the, of things that hit his head and his legs and his, his body as he was in this terrible tornado. I don't know if you if you have been in a tornado yourself I've been in uh, living in Springfield, Missouri, in a place where a lot of tornadoes come up through Oklahoma and right up through in, through uh, Springfield, Missouri, and I've been there where there was a lot of storm warnings that went off and some that had touched down close. but I've never actually been inside of a tornado and I didn't, that's not anything that I desire to do. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that I look at them as like crazy because they're chasing tornadoes and sometimes they get involved in those. But I've also been to Joplin, Missouri, which is only about 71 miles away from Springfield, Missouri. And me and my wife drove through Joplin, Missouri after the tornado hit. Um, It was a tornado that, that hit on a Sunday evening on May 22nd, 2011. And when we drove to see the aftermath of this tornado, this storm that hit, it was a disaster, a disaster. It looked like an atomic bomb had leveled the buildings and trees and neighborhoods. The neighborhoods were gone, just totally gone. The trees left... That were still standing had the tops taken out of them and they were twisted up so much and they had so much debris hanging from every limb you could look up into the trees and you could see different things that people had in their homes or in their businesses and you could see it hanging in the tree limbs. It was a destruction. It was devastating to even think that anybody could have survived this. This was a Class. it was classified as an EF5 storm. I think there was more than just one tornado that went through there, hitting different places, but it was an E5 storm. There were 161 deaths that Sunday evening because of that tornado, and there were 1,150 injured as a result of that tornado in Joplin, Missouri. At its peak, it was up to a mile wide, a mile wide, with winds in excess of 200 miles per hour. The it was told to us that the storm that hit our old church building over here, it was uh, winds that were exceeding 90 miles an hour, 95 miles an hour. But these 200 mile an hour winds, the tornado was on the ground for 22.1 miles. It traveled and it lasted an estimated 38 minutes from start to finish and did all of that destruction the damage was estimated in 2011 uh, values of 2.8 billion dollars in Joplin Missouri there were 7500 residents and 50 or 7500 residents and 500 businesses severely damaged and 4,000 residents were totally uh, put out and displaced. 4,000 were displaced. A storm that came through and destroyed a beautiful city, just a tremendous city, Joplin, Missouri. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, let me reread those numbers. 7,500 residents and 500 businesses were severely damaged and 4,000 residents totally destroyed, but 9,200 people were displaced. 9,200 people were displaced out of their homes. Some didn't even know where their house used to be because they didn't see street signs anymore. Couldn't tell what streets they were driving. I couldn't see landmarks. They couldn't, well, you know, driving your house, well, that's a house that's close to me and this is the way to get to my. They couldn't even find their property because there was so much devastation and debris everywhere. Uh, no landmarks, no signs. The hospital building had every window blown out and debris hanging out the windows. We've seen the hospital. They had to rebuild the hospital. 71, and this is crazy when you think about it. 71 miles to the east is Springfield, Missouri. And they found hospital records from the Joplin Mercy Hospital from in Joplin, 71 miles away in Springfield, Missouri. I found them in bushes and in, uh, in the front lawns people's houses of hospital records that had carried them that far. My dad, uh, he even uh, told me that he, of course, my dad, you know, like a lot of guys, you know, he was at church that night and storm came up, so he goes outside and looks up and see. He said he's seen uh, roofing material, uh, metal roofing material sheet metal uh, off some of these buildings, and he said it was just rolling like a barrel across the sky, and he watched these things. A shelter. A shelter is so very important. You could look at this and say, well, those shelters were destroyed. Yes, they were. They couldn't handle the EF5 tornado. There was another event, and this is so tragic, so sad, that there was a young man named Nick. He was 18 years old. He had just graduated that day from high school and on his way home with his dad in a Hummer, SUV Hummer, they had a sunroof in the top, this tornado came and when the tornado hit as they were trying to drive down the road, getting, trying to make their way home, the tornado broke Will Norton's seat belt as it tried to pull him out of the car and it pulled him out of the sunroof and took him up into the air as his father was trying to hold him back, hold him down. He couldn't hold him any longer and he released out of his hands and went up into the tornado and tragically they found his body in a pond. The power of a storm, devastating storms, And there are some shelters that can't handle a storm like this. But there are some shelters that can protect you from tragic events. Matter of fact, a true story, and you could read it online, that a man, young man named Reuben, he was a worker at a fast trip, convenient mart. And he was, um, he had uh, some. Uh, muscle disease, but he worked hard to get to the front door and open the front door. He was calling people in to the store. And people were running into the store and he opened up the walk-in cooler in the convenient bar and he he organized it and he told them to go to the back of the as far as back in the cooler as you can get. And he packed in about thirty-five people into that cooler. And the storm, when it hit, people were talking about how terrible it was. It sounded like bombs going off. It sounded like uh, the train sound you hear with the tornado, all these tragic things. And and all they could hear was just debris flying around. And when it calmed down, when the calming came, when the storm passed, all 35 of them survived in a shelter of a walk-in cooler. Reuben had called people into the shelter to be safe from the elements of disaster. We need shelter for protection and safety from the storms. And a lack of protection comes without a shelter or a shelter that is not as stable. Sometimes we think certain shelters can help shield us from certain storms of life, but when certain storms of life come and hit us in the face and we lose control and we don't have the power to be able to overcome the storm and the struggle and the heartache and the pain that is coming to us, then we might have tried to build shelters around us. We might have tried to build it with our own hands and our own thinking and our own thoughts a shelter that will protect us and shield us and bring safety to us but when man says peace peace then trust me there's sudden destruction could come you see we don't need shelters that we put together we don't need shelter. They might blast and keep us from light rain, but you see, the shelters that are going to fight this end-time storms that come our way are not shelters that we can build on our own and expect them to protect us we need a shelter that is so much stronger than that in all the houses that they had put so much faith and business they put so much faith and trust in there was there was only the the shell even the walmart had collapsed there's testimonies of people that fell down underneath the the shelving and the beams of the walmart that seemed so strong and so stable and uh, and, and many of them died right there in the walmart thinking it was a safe place, but yet a walk-in cooler was safe enough to shield people from a storm that was destroying everything, destroying everything. The devastation that came, I couldn't, it, it, it was totally, totally baffling to me how this storm could destroy the things in that town as we drove through the residential areas in the town and looked at the destruction. It was like a bomb went off. We are bearing our share of storms today as people, creation of God. We're we're bearing storms in so many different ways. Each one of us are bearing certain storms. Some of us may not as bad as some. I I know that uh, we're battling storms. We're bearing our share of storms. The turmoil in our world, the the struggle in our world, the destruction that is going on in cities today, the the fear of sickness and the fear of COVID-19 and and feeling no safety. We have storms that are blowing, and Sister Burke talked about this today, how that God is, he's there to take care of us during these times when God releases and he takes it out of our hands. We can't do anything about it. We can't build a shelter strong enough, but yet God can. He is all-powerful. He is a he is a, an almighty God. He has his hand over everything, as the interpretation or, or meaning of that word almighty means. But we are living in a time of storms. But to the children of God, we should not be fearful because we have a shelter that God has made. It is sufficient for us to be able to go through the storms that we're faced with. No matter what we're faced with, it is adequate for us to be able, able to overcome the the winds and the rains and the hail and the tornadoes and the hurricanes uh, so to speak of life that come our way. Sometimes storms come in a manner that just knocks people's uh, feet out from under them and they don't know what to do. They're so used to being able to build a shelter for themselves but yet there comes a time that some storms we can't fight against ourselves uh, but we need to find Ourselves in the shelter that the Lord makes for us. It's sufficient. It's sufficient. Keep your life in the arms of God, in the shelter of God. It's the safest place to be when it seems that everything around us is falling and failing and struggling. The most safest place to be is in God's arms. It's in his shelter that he has made. It's in the house of God. It's in the presence of God. It's wrapped up under his wings. In his arms he is a protector and the church is sheltered in the arms of God you see in the book of Psalms 61 1 through 4 it says hear my cry O God attend unto my prayer from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed we are feeling overwhelmed today feeling overwhelmed by what is happening in our world. It's something that is out of our control, out of our hands. But he said here, the psalmist, he said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I for our, for thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy I will abide in thy tabernacle forever I will trust in the covert of thy wings, See, Selah what the Lord has prepared for us is a shelter of protection in his presence amen, a shelter of protection from the storms that we can't build a shelter strong enough to hold us back but in his arms he can protect us. He is a rock that is higher than I. He has more power than anybody or anything in this world or in the atmosphere or in space or in the galaxies beyond. He is a God of shelter and it says here as the psalmist said I and he made this statement as a commitment I will abide in my tabernacle forever. I will abide in the shelter that you have built for me. I will will abide in that place of protection. Matter of fact, we call this, this church sometimes this, this sanctuary. We call it a sanctuary. A sanctuary is a haven of safety. A sanctuary is a place of protection. This is what he will do to protect us and deliver his people from the storms of this world. He's got it covered. He's got it taken care of. He has not lost power. He is not out there somewhere out of control. He knows exactly what's going on, and he knows exactly what he's going to do. It says in the book of Exodus chapter 19 when he was talking to the children of Israel, talking how he would protect his children, he brought their memory back to an event that happened when they left Egypt. When they left Egypt. He brought their thoughts back. He's, you know, sometimes, and and we have preached about this and talked about it, but sometimes we get to a point where we we get in the middle of a distressing time and we forget about all the miracles that's already been done. How many have been healed here? Raise your hand. Look at all those miracles. (coughs) We forget about All the times he's delivered us, everybody that God has delivered you from maybe financial struggle or maybe some problem in your life, raise your hand, raise your hand. Remember the miracles. What about the times that your back was against the wall and you didn't know how to get through it and seemingly always God always waits for the last minute and I thank him for that if that's what he wants to do, as long as it's done. How many of his backs has been against the wall and you didn't know how you're going to get out of this and he came through at the right time? Raise your hand. Look at these hands. Remember the miracles. And here, Israel was in the middle of a, a wilderness place, but he reminded them in Exodus 19, 4 and 5, ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians. What did he do? He drowned them. He parted the water and then drowned them after they got through. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I, listen to this, and how I bear you on eagles' wings. They walked on dry ground, but really what he was doing is he was bearing them on eagles' wings. He took them across on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Wow. Wow that 's powerful and i' and, and brought you to unto myself he was bringing them to a closer place in him through the storm. now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my commandment in verse five, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, there is a very special Uh, group of people that God uh, protects, it's those that allow him to protect them Uh, there is a certain group of people that's called the church, it's the ones that God protects because they allow him to protect them. Now, people that are not in the church, if they would allow God to protect them and for them to come into the shelter, he will protect them also. He will give protection and covering to those. He will bear you on eagle's wings. He will carry you through. He will destroy your enemy. He will destroy the storms that come our way. Now, that doesn't always mean that he pulls us out of the storm before they happen, but here's the thing. He if he chooses he will lead us through the storm and this is my faith this is my belief this is my trust in God that if God chooses to not take me through through the storm he's going to take me to a greater shelter beyond this world in a heavenly place amen I've got my faith and trust in him whether he delivers me in this world or he delivers me in the world to come I, I know one thing God has got this he has built a shelter strong enough to take care of us oh, in this time of pandemic or struggle or storm or whatever you want to call it. They came to the wilderness of Sinai. It took them three months of trusting God to get to this place. But they finally arrived. They saw God's deliverance from Egypt, received his guidance on the way to go, saw his glorious victory at the Red Sea, received God's miraculous gifts of food and water and they saw a prayerful victory won over the Amalekites miracles after miracles after miracles after miracles that God performed because he was sheltering those that allowed him to shelter them amen you've seen what I did to the Egyptians I gave how God gave a message to Israel through Moses a message regarding his purpose and destiny for Israel. There is a destiny and purpose for the church through this storm. God has a purpose and destiny beyond this storm. Amen. We don't know what it is, but God does. How much do you trust him? This destiny was based on what God already did for them in the great deliverance from Egypt. It was based on that deliverance across the Red Sea. He said, I bore you on eagle's wings, and eagle's, wing, an eagle's wings are strong and sure. But they also speak of a careful protection. It is said that an eagle does not carry her young and her claws like other birds. The young eagles attach themselves to the back of the mother eagle and are protected as they are carried And listen to this, any arrow from a hunter must pass through the mother eagle before it could touch the young eagle on her back. In order for the enemy of our soul to touch us or to try to hurt us, they've got to pass through the Lord. To those that allow the shelter of God to protect them, you've got to go through the Lord first. (laughs) <laughs> you've got to go through the Lord first. I remember the days that my brother would stand up for me. He wouldn't stand up for me unless he knew I was my back was against the wall. And then he would say, you've got to go through me first. He was four years older than me. You've got to go through me first before you get to him. So you might want to rethink it. My brother was, I guess he had a lot of grit too, like, like just, I don't know, it was just ingrained in us. We would, we would fight even if we couldn't fight. We we would stand up for each other even if the person was a whole lot bigger. My best friend was a whole lot bigger than me and my brother both combined. And uh, but he would stand up for me. I knew that I could. I knew that I could do a lot of things that a lot of people couldn't do because I had people who could stand up for me. I had a bigger friend than the rest of His name was Jeff Wilson. He was, he was a good friend of mine. I love that guy so much. He was a great guy. And I knew that I could kind of go out of bounds a little bit. And I used to aggravate guys uh, that were a whole lot older than me and bigger than me because I knew, hey, my brother's got this. And my friend, Jeff... Has got this. So when it comes down to the enemy, no, we don't want to do unwise things and be foolish in things. The Bible says, "Why well, be foolish and die before your time?" I guess I should have considered that scripture when I was thing. But I was that was BC, that was before Christ. I didn't think in those terms. But here's the thing: when I when I when I come up against the enemy of my soul, I've got to consider that I've got a God that when the arrows of the enemy are shooting at me, here's the thing: it's got to pass through the Lord first and it's not ever going to get to me because God has me sheltered. He's got me covered. He is the Almighty. He's the Almighty God. Amen. And this metaphor is developed uh, most extensively in Deuteronomy 32 and 11 as it says, as an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them beareth them on her wings that is what the lord does in this time of storm in this time of struggle understand that you could you 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 got to understand here the enemy can't get to you if you allow the lord to cover you and you remain in his tabernacle every day of your life and you walk in his shelter and live in his shelter it is so able to protect you from the storms of the enemy against our soul where the loving compassion is of the eagle protection, strength and watchfulness of the majestic bird it goes far beyond that when we consider God and then he says in the scripture and brought you to myself the deliverance our deliverance is in him not in me, you, things that we put our faith in. Deliverance is in him, and I will bear you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself or into fellowship. God didn't deliver Israel so they could live apart from God. He delivered them so they could be God's people and walk according to his commandments. And if we obey his commandment and live in his tabernacle and live in his shelter that he's built, You've got it made. You've got it made. I'm not going to say storms don't come. But God has got this. When there's a storm, we we try to get everyone, you know, in the shelter. I know uh, here a few weeks ago, or two weeks ago, whatever, there was a storm went through the area, and the sirens were going off, and I was at work, and and, um, I called... The house, or they called me, or one or the other. I can't remember, but we were talking about the alarms going off, and the girls were there at the house, uh, River and Nori. So my wife called them. They were asleep. She called them, went and got them up, took them down in the basement to put them in a safer shelter. You see, when there's a storm, and if there's someone outside, and we're protected in a shelter, we got a roof over our head. We're going to invite them in. We're going to invite them into a place where you can find protection. Lightning, wind. I, I, I came home here the other day. Yeah, it was probably about a month ago. I got on my truck. I was getting ready to go in the house, and I heard this crack, crack. And I thought, "What's going on?" It sounded like a tree breaking, but I looked around, nothing. I thought I heard where it came from. but And there was no storm. I think it was a lot of rain at that time. And there might have been some storms that went through earlier. So I went on. I didn't hear any more. So I, I was walking, taking the trash can to the back. And all of a sudden, I heard crack again. And then I looked up and there was a big old top of the tree across the street going, pow, came down on the house, across the street. But we want Protection. We want shelter. We want to survive, not just survive, but thrive. I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive in God. This is a time that we call others into the shelter. This is a time that we search for others that are struggling and that are... Lost and that are at, in the elements of the of the storm of life and and they don't know the answers and they don't know they thought they built the 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 safety and the shelter strong enough but they haven't but you, yet we need to call them in Bible says go out on the highways and byways and compel them to come in to the sanctuary that safe haven that place of protection of the church or the arms of God and He'll place them under His wing and He will carry them on His back. back and he will protect them and it's only to those that allow him to protect them and allow him to let them live in his tavern. He opens up the door and says, come on in. Uh, We need to open up the door and say, come on in. I've got the answer. I've got the protection. I've got the safety that you need. I've got a God that cares about you. Psalm 17, eight through nine, keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings from the wicked that oppress me from my deadly enemies who compass about me. Protect me, God. Protect me, God. So what are you going through today? What are you faced with? There's a lot of fear in our world, but we need to put our trust in God. Trust in God that he's got us covered because we're allowing him to cover us. I love living in the Lord's house. I love the things in God's house. I love the presence of the Lord when we come and worship in his house. I love the presence of the Lord. You know, we could even have a house outside of this place as long as we're under his wings, as long as we're under in his arms, as long as we're allowing him to cover us and protect us. The enemy can't get to us. But yet there are times that God doesn't deliver us from the storm. But he delivers us through the storm. In Joplin, Missouri, in a walk-in cooler, they weren't delivered from the storm. They were delivered through the storm. They didn't have any clue if their house was even standing anymore. But 35 people, and that wasn't just the only place that people were protected. There were several walk-in coolers in the area that had survivors in them. 200 miles an hour winds. 9,200 people displaced. But there was a safe haven there. And there was a man that worked at the the convenient mart had cerebral palsy. He had some struggles, but he was not going to let that get in his way to open up the door to the convenient mart and say, come on, let's go back to the walking cooler, a place that's safe, a place that's safe. Formed them in the cooler and they rode out the storm and they survived. They weren't delivered from the storm, they were delivered through the storm. But can we be like the worker at that convenient mart? Reuben and compel people to come in to the place of safety protection not only is this place where God has his arms around us in this house this church a safe place but God is always watching over us if we allow him to I think he watches over us anyway, but the protection is if we allow him to. If we allow ourselves to live in the shelter that he's prepared for us, in his arms, under his wings, there is no greater protection than to be in the hands of God. No no greater protection. Nothing. Nothing greater to protect you than being in the arms of God. His church is a safe haven. And he's always watching over us. As we stand here today, I know there's a lot of fear. I know there's a lot of unknowns. I know there's a lot of searching for answers. But we do have a God that has prepared a place to cover his children. There is a, an old, unique practice in the training of a young brave to be a, a uh, scout and a fighter and a hunter. There were certain unique practices that they would go through the early American Indians had had this training of young braves. Here the young brave had been in the house or the teepee, I guess you could say, the teepee of his parents, been covered, protected, guided, covered. But uh, on the night of, a, of the boys, or any boy, on the night of a boy's 13th birthday, after learning hunting, They taught him how to hunt. They taught him how to scout. They taught him fishing skills. And he was put to one final test at the age of 13. He was placed in a dense forest to spend the entire night alone. Until then, he had never even been away from the security of his family and the security of his tribe. But on this night, He was blindfolded, and he was taken several miles away. When he took off the blindfold, he was in the middle of a thick woods and was terrified. Every twig snapped. He visualized a wild animal ready to pounce on him. After what seemed like an eternity, and you know how it would be, even if us as an adult out into the woods by yourself... Not knowing what animals would be coming your way or to try to hurt you in any way. When he took off the blindfold, he was in the middle of that thick forest and was terrified. After what seemed like an eternity, dawn broke and the first rays of sunlight entered the interior of the forest. Looking around, the boy saw what he couldn't see in the dark. He saw flowers. He saw trees. And he also saw the outline of the path that he was supposed to walk back on. It was a little easier when the sun was shining down on it. But then, to his utter astonishment, in the the daylight, he beheld the figure of a man standing just a few feet away, armed with a bow and arrow, It was his father. He had been there all night long. That is what we've got. In the test of time, in the times that it seems so dark and seems so struggling, the Lord is standing there watching over us. We didn't see him. Sometimes we can't see him. Sometimes we're wondering where he's at. You've been there? Yeah, we all have. Sometimes we're wondering where in the world are you at, Lord? And sometimes we pray and it seems like 400 years of silence, although we don't live 400 years, but it seems like it. 400 years of silence. God, I don't hear from you. I prayed, I don't hear from you, but here's the thing. He's just standing a few feet away. Matter of fact, maybe not even a few feet away. He's got you in his arms because you've allowed him to. You've surrendered to God and you've allowed him to. and He will take care of those struggles, take care of those storms. Fear why should we fear when we have the greatest power of all eternity in our midst? Why should we fear when we have God on our side and he's holding us with arms. He doesn't even have to do anything, but just speak a word. And all hell has to bow down to the commandment of his word. Why should we fear? Today, I'm going to open this altar. If you want to come and pray, if you want to come, if you want to pray, there were your ads, whatever you feel comfortable with. But I want to open this place up for us to just come. I don't want us to beg God for anything. I just want us to thank God for his protection. A time of thanks. A time of trust. A time of saying, God, I believe in you. I put my faith in you. Amen. If you want to come or if you want to pray at your your pew there, that's fine. But I want us to just give thanks unto the Lord for his covering. His shelter. His protection, his church, his arms, his wings. He is our God. He's with us. He's there to help us. He's there to protect us. One oh yes. Uh, uh, hallelujah, upon. God.